just trust that if you just pursue things that are interesting and be curious, you will find those things. And I just believe that you'll come out the other side and really, really feel great about yourself. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we've got another amazing episode. As part of the Athletes Voice series on the Daily Helping, we are interviewing incredible athletes who are doing even more incredible things in the world. And our guest today is Billy Bean. He's a former Major League Baseball outfielder who played six seasons with the Detroit Tigers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the San Diego Padres. He's currently the vice president and special assistant to the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and he's an advisor on the LGBTQ and mental health and wellness issues. His memoir, Going the Other Way, chronicles his journey as a gay man in professional baseball. Billy, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you with us today. Uh, thank you, Dr. Richard. I'm proud to be here, and I'm happy to be in Atlanta and uh, spending the weekend with some uh, really nice uh, and influential people. It's been great so far. I know we're going to have an awesome discussion. So what I love to do with all of my guests, jump into the the time machine. Let's hop in the, the Billy Bean DeLorean here. Let's go back. <laughs> Uh, tell us about, I want to talk about your journey because you have your journey as a baseball player and then you have your journey as really being the first prominently and openly gay baseball player. And so let's start with the Billy Bean superhero origin story and we'll work from there. Okay. Uh, well, I, uh, was, uh, Born in Southern California, my mom was a single mom until I was about seven, and then uh, married my stepfather. Uh, and he had three children, and and overnight, uh, it seemed like overnight, I became the oldest of five boys. And uh, in a new family, my dad was in the Marine Corps, and then he was a uh, uniformed law enforcement officer. We were raised uh, very strict Catholic, and. Um, I grew up in a time when, you know, it was a, you know, I guess innocence, right? No social media, um, you know, strong family values. Uh, he was the patriarch of a very, very uh, strictly run household. And and uh, for some, you know, lucky reason, I was really good at sports from a very, very young age. I started playing Little League and and uh, found success, found my voice out there and and. Uh, it just seemed like the only thing I ever wanted to do was to be outside, uh, was quarterback of my high school football team, played on the basketball team, was on the state championship uh, baseball team, and, uh, and we won at the California state title in Dodger Stadium. It was, it, you know, I look back and it doesn't seem real. It was, it was um, incredible. I never thought uh, that baseball would keep picking me, which is what happens uh, when you 
uh, find your way, you know, to, you know, college baseball, scholarship, professional, minor league baseball. Um, I was uh, all American a couple times at Loyola Marymount. I went to a, you know, in theory, a small school because my family had no understanding of, of sports on a high level. And they wanted me to go to a school where they thought I would get a great education, which I did. Um, I got drafted by the Detroit Tigers uh, in 1986 in the fourth round. And uh, less than a year later, I was playing in the major leagues. It was, um, you know, again, one of those journeys, fairy tale journey. So the context of all of that is really the backdrop of the great irony of my life is that, you know, it took me until I was in my middle 20s to really understand my sexual orientation. Um, every hero I ever had had a baseball uniform on. That was who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Steve Garvey or George Brett or Paul Molitor or um, I wanted to, you know, bat 300 every year and go to the Hall of Fame and, and play golf and get married and have kids and do all the things that, um, you know, I saw, you know, from the people that I looked up to. And, and um, you know, it seemed like until I don't I don't ever recall like being by myself ever as a kid um, until I got to the major leagues, which is, is weird because as I never had traveled on the road playing sports. I'd never had my own hotel room, you know, that in the major leagues, it's 100% business. You have a job and you have to be certain places at certain times. And then there's no chaperoning. <laughs> you either make it or you break yourself out of it. And, um, and I think that, you know, I got married very young. I, I, I was with my wife for almost eight years of my life. We met very early in my college uh, career and at Loyola. And, and as I matured and, you know, I've two or three years in the major leagues and playing winter ball and on the road away from my family, away from her majority of the time, um, I started to have self-realization that I had a problem. And that is the way that I looked at it. And, um, you know, for your listeners, you know, their baseball is 154 years old uh, in 2023. And there have been over 20,000 players that have played at least one day in the major leagues. And there have been two players in that 154 years who've ever publicly disclosed that they are gay. Um, a player named Glenn Burke, who played in the 70s and 80s and died in the early 90s. Uh, I played for the, he played for the Dodgers, uh, like I did. Um, I came much along a little, uh, a generation after him. Um, and th that other player is me. And I had no idea ab about that. There was no social media. There was no way for me to see images of whatever I was thinking. I'm not even sure I was fully formed in understanding what gay was. I just knew that there was something uh, different about me. And even though I had never experienced it, I thought, well, maybe it's not true. And so if I stayed as far away from it as possible, I'd never saw one moment in my major league experience where there was a accepting message about someone who might be gay. Um, we didn't talk about LGBTQ in the you know late eighties and early nineties, people were dying of HIV every single day on television, every, every image that you saw about a gay person was effeminate, stereotypical. It was written by probably a white, straight male. Um, and so there was no 
reason for me to think that I might be a part of that community. I certainly had never talked to anybody um, or anybody that was remotely close to sports. Um, I was fast. I could hit. I played center field and Yankee Stadium. You know, these are adjectives that you describe gay people and, and, but I am. And it wasn't until I actually met somebody that I understood what maybe real love felt like to other people. And, and it only confused me and scared the crap out of me and, and made me want to run away from that even farther. And, and so, you know, the great conflict of my life was my self-realization of my sexual orientation while I was playing in major league baseball. And it was not a good ending because I just did not think that someone like me was meant to play in the big league. So I, I literally talked myself out of it, even though I played six years in the big leagues, uh, which is a long time. Um, you know, a couple of things that were happening to me, trying to conceal that secret off the field to my partner, uh, really changed the course of my whole life. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. And so at the same time as you're having these self-discoveries, you met a partner. Um, are you still married at that time? I, I was married when I met, his name was Sam, and uh, and immediately I told my wife that we needed to separate. And so not only was I, I, I made, I probably made a thousand consecutive terrible decisions trying to please the world. And, and, um, part of it is, you know, embarrassing and painful. And, and, uh, I hurt the people that I love and that loved me, um, out of fear of what people might think about me about something that I wasn't even willing to say, you know, it's, it's, it, it's so many layers of shame and, and, uh, low self-esteem, um, I never saw a positive example of anything remotely like that. And so there was nothing for me to, you know, we talk about representation and and if you can see it, you can be it. It it matters in many ways, no different than a, a, a little boy seeing his father fish and then they want to fish or something, you know, or or they're a little girl watching their mother or father do something that, you know, sing and and just you know, speak to their soul and then they want to emulate that. Or, or I had no, no blueprint for anything except imminent danger and, and death. You know, everything with gay to me was associated with Brock Hudson dying on Elizabeth Taylor's arm like that. You know, that was literally the first time I ever saw or something on TV that made me think about somebody in, that's, you know, living that or, or that is part of that community. Um, 
And so leaving my wife and my marriage was devastating and probably every bit as painful as any part of that experience. Um, she wanted to have children and, and thankfully I was able to, you know, not make more bad decisions trying to please people. And, and, um, it didn't make the breakup any easier, but it also probably would have allowed me to perpetuate lying longer to, I would have stayed and, um, and hurt more people. And so, um, you know, I met my partner and, and immediately I fell in love and I tried to, I, I look back and I don't even know how in the world I, I dreamt that I could pull it off. You know, that you, in baseball, you're, you, your schedule is so intense um, and you, you just, everyone is marching to the same beat of, of you know, what that schedule is. And, and, uh, and so most times people are pretty close to each other. Um, and that was the case for me. And it was just a, a real uh, challenge and, and something that drained me of, of all the energy I should have been focusing on on the field. And, and uh, you know, in, in lieu of the amount of time we have today, you know, for, you know, three years, uh, Sam and I were together. Um, and then before what was to be, what became to be my last season as a, a member of the San Diego Padres, uh, he was diagnosed with HIV and, and, um, he became extremely ill. And, um, the night before opening day, I came home, uh, he was completely unconscious at home and I rushed him to the hospital and he died of cardiac arrest, um, the next morning. And I had a one o'clock game that day and I had about an hour to go home, shower and get to the ballpark in time. And I did it. And... I had never introduced Sam to my parents. I never told a roommate. I didn't have any gay friends. I'd never been to any gay bars or any social environments where someone might have known us. It was as if uh, because of the depth of the closet that I was living in, he he just disappeared. And, you know, the... The young man in me, I guess, you know, the, the stress of having to play... Um, it helped me, I don't know, just fend off whatever grief I was trying to, you know, stay away from. Um, you know, I had a game and I just was determined that I wasn't going to uh, fall apart, you know, lose my job. I would, you know, was a wreck when I was alone. But, you know, as soon as I got around the guys, I had to try to pull it together and, and um you know, I made it through that last year. I didn't play very well. Um, and uh, as soon as the season ended, that's when I really started to uh, really struggle emotionally with, you know, living in the closet, fear that I would become HIV positive, which I got some bad, you know, medical advice. And the older doctor at the time said, you know, the chances were very, very good that I would become positive because I had been exposed to it, even though I tested negative. It was, you know, just naive, uninformed uh, nonsense. And um, but for anybody who's had, you know, taken a medical exam and w had to wait for the doctors, uh, you know, it's scary. And when you're trying to hit, you know, 100 mile an hour fastball <laughs> Um, and you're barely hanging on in the big leagues anyways, it, it was, a it was, a it was a rough time and I was my own worst enemy. Um, 
I never gave my parent. I was so afraid that my dad would find out and that he would disown me or something. You know, I, I looked up to him and, um, you know, he's a Marine Corps veteran, all his guys, all his buddies, his cop friends. There's a lot of homophobic, uh, talk around, uh, the boys, you know, when, uh, they were around us, they were like our uncles and they wanted the boys to be tough. And, you know, I got a pass cause I was a quarterback of the football team and I was in the big leagues, you know, and, and, uh, the great irony is that of all the five boys, I was the one who turned out to be, you know, gay. So, um, you know, my life took a huge detour. Um, as soon as that 95 season ended, I, I jumped as far away from San Diego as I could. And I went to Miami and, um, I just thought I was going to hang out. I knew a couple people and was worked out with a few guys and I got a dog and, you know, I just needed somebody to be around me. And I got a Jack Russell Terrier named Paco who lived to be 17. Who's, uh, the greatest gift I've ever had in this life. You know, I, that dog saved me. And I mean, literally saved me because I needed to take care of something. And he was my best friend. And uh, it, it's, I'm still brokenhearted as much of any of my experience as how much that dog uh, uh, helped me when I felt inadequate and not worthy of, of anything. And, um, and then, you know, finally, uh, I think three years after my last game, I finally, uh, was a little more visible in my community. I, I quit playing. Um, I didn't go back to spring training in 96 and, you know, for a day or two, your agent's trying to find you and your parents want to know what's going on. And, and I just didn't answer any of those calls and, and I just thought I would never tell anybody. And, um, and you know, for some people, that sounds a little impossible to understand, I think, that, um, but I am where I come from. And I think there are a lot of lessons that are hard to unlearn. And, and um, um, I didn't grow up in a racist environment. I, my dad was all about us respecting my mother and my one sister. Um, but it was okay to talk badly about gays because nobody thought any of them were around. And, and I, and I just, I think I believed those stereotypes. Um, and it wasn't until I, you know, stopped pretending that I got around people of uh, a more diverse group of people. And, and Miami beach was another, um, uh, wonderful destination where there was a much more, uh, supportive community, um, Nobody knew who I was, and I wasn't telling anybody <laughs> that I played baseball. And um, and then some by uh, a, a weird twist of fate, I, I had met somebody, and I opened up a restaurant uh, that was supposed to be just nothing. And um, my story came out and uh, was put on the front page of the New York Times. And and only because of my association with baseball was my story different from other people or interesting. And, and I've always known that, um, my career did not go the way I wished it would have. And people were not coming to talk to me because I got 3000 hits, but, um, something happened along the way. And, and as I, um, became, uh, more and more willing to just be me and say yes and be around people much like this event this weekend. You know, where I'm just meeting people, sitting at my table, um, 
and sharing lived experiences, not telling anybody what their life is different or better than mine or, or mine was harder than yours. Or, you know, you shared some amazing stories, Dr. Richard, about what you've persevered through and it's inspiring, you know, and, and, and I think that it's a great lesson for everyone who's listening that we can all influence the world in wonderful ways. And many times it might be your parents, it might be your brother or sister, it might be your children, could be your neighbors. Um, but people are watching how you carry yourself, you know, and, and uh, they're not always ready to listen to what you have to say. But the way, you know, the, 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 the walk that you have talked, you know, are you, are you truthful? Are you a hypocrite? Are you real? Are you loving? Are you accepting? Are you inclusive in your actions? Um, and, um, you know, baseball came and found me. I, I didn't believe baseball would ever want to hire a, a gay person. Um, you know, I speak Spanish fluently. I played in the big leagues, I played in Japan. I played winter ball four times. I, I graduated from college. You know, I, I'm somebody that baseball would be looking for to work, but I, I was the one who assumed that it will always be the way it was. It's never going to change. And, and, uh, and thankfully I was wrong and baseball had some vision and again, because of the platform, I, I'm now senior vice president and I oversee all uh, DE and I diversity, equity, inclusion efforts for the sport, um, which helps all 30 MLB clubs like the Atlanta Braves. And, and, uh, and they do some amazing things. Um, progress is, has high expectations for baseball. And, you know, we are the sport of Jackie Robinson and we are held uh, to our values um, and challenged by those who think uh, that we need to be more progressive. And, and so every day my job um, is changing, um, and, but baseball is in it to, to try to be better and more intentional. And we have great leadership, a great commissioner who understands that for us to be global, for us to be interesting to kids of every color, we have to speak every cultural language. We have to be relatable. We have to um, we have to celebrate our past heroes. We have to introduce them to new generations. We have to go into every community and 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 share the game and 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 offer it to little uh, boys and girls in hopes that they'll want to play. And um, you know, when you and I were young, there was less options. You know, and now there's so many. And so everybody, um, we have our work cut out for us, but. Uh, um, for me, it's just a massive privilege to be a part of it. I, I wish I could go back and make one or two decisions differently. And most likely that would have been a conversation with one or two people. Um, and the course of my life may have changed, but I, I, I feel very uh, fortunate to, uh, have a chance to be impactful in ways and hopefully educate our players and help them reach more kids than ever. It's interesting. You, you said a couple of things and, and we don't have the time to unpack all of the amazing you know, things you dropped on us. But Billy, you, you grew up in an era where there wasn't any outlet, right? There are kids today that if they're having these conflicted feelings, they can find a group on Facebook or they can find this, this community, even if it's virtual. I'm wondering, in it, you wanted to keep this a secret. And oh, because yeah. of baseball, all of a sudden- I wanted it to go away. Yeah. I, I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to be gay because I didn't, I didn't even know what that meant, Dr. Richard. I, I thought it was bad, you know, not until I 
had a relationship where I felt a connection, you know, that is what everyone, I wish for everyone, you know, to feel loved and, and safe in the arms of someone that they care the most about. I'm curious, when your family found out, what was that reaction like? It was, it, my mom forced me to tell her. So, so there was, I think it was just my behavior seemed erratic that I didn't want to be around my family. That I, 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 most of the time I felt very emotional every single time. I hated the holidays. I felt like I was going to be alone forever. I felt guilty that I, I divorced my wife. Um, you know, that relationship, there was an effort to resurrect that. And I, didn't until I finally had the courage to come clean there and explain why I left. Um, but my my dad actually uh, was unbelievable, and my I, I know my mom's heart was broke a little bit um, because that wasn't her dream for her firstborn son. You know, I think she wanted me to have children and and. And she, and also she didn't know what that meant. She didn't know if that meant I was going to die because Sam did, you know, it, it, she didn't, you know, and we ended up having like a, just a, um, an agreement where I just sent her my medical tests. So she wouldn't think that I was lying to her, you know, that's how, um, but over time I, I completely messed that up. My parents are amazing. And for some reason, I didn't believe that they would love me enough to overcome how that realization would would impact them, and and I was wrong, you know. I just, but again, I thought, and and they thought because I was in the big leagues and successful and making more money than anybody else in my family that I must be doing the right things, and so they weren't as aggressive as they would have been had I was you know, been a cop or a plumber or a librarian or something as parents might be, you know, I was still in my middle twenties. I was a kid, you know, and, and, um, and it just did not feel like the right, uh, thing until it happened. And, and that is why for me, I'm very, very, um, cautious when people ask about coming out. And I, 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 for me, I thought I had to do it in my uniform on TV, behind a step and repeat or something. And I, I could have done it to a friend like you. And it could have, I could have lived in that space for a while and, and felt the world kept spinning and I had a game and I could still catch and throw a baseball. And, you know, but I, I thought it had to be all or nothing. And, and I don't know where I had that idea that that was the only way to do it. Well, it sounds like, you know, the way that it happened actually was, you know, because had you not been in baseball, you would have carried that secret forever. Right. And it ultimately is going to impact so many lives in, in a wonderful way. So it, it worked out in a way. Many people have said to. that, you know, my experience is why I'm able to do the job the way I do. And, and, uh, and there's, a, I, there's a part of me that does believe that. I, I, there was an education that nobody planned Um and it was an education of hard knocks, basically, a disappointment. Um, but it wasn't baseball's fault. And I don't want anybody that's listening to think that that's ever been, uh, you know, I, I, the moments I played in the big leagues are the, the happiest, most, you know, the proudest moments of, of my life professionally. And I cherish all of them. I wish there was many more. And I know that all players do. It goes by fast. But, uh, um, 
you know, if we can help players just feel more secure in their space, whatever their truth is, whatever their, you know, concerns, anxiety, you know, mental health, wellness, belonging. I was the other in every clubhouse I ever walked into, but nobody knew it. I was so deathly afraid of my secret being found out. It was paralyzing. And I, I wish I could have played free of that burden and to see how good I might've been. But, uh, that's for another lifetime. lifetime. (laughs) Billy, uh, this has been an incredible conversation. I wish we had more time together. Uh, As you know, I, I wrap up every episode by asking my guest one question, and that is, what is your biggest helping the one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away from with after hearing our conversation today? Wow, that is a provocative question. Um, you know, I think that everyone, if they just understood that their, their uniqueness and their value of, of of being one of one, and you know, there's this prevailing, you know, young players emulate veteran players, or young kids emulate celebrities, or they what they see on TikTok or Instagram or um, you know, we're coming, we're living in a time of, of, it's very, very difficult to feel, you know, self-confident and have self-esteem. And, and, you know, if, if you are a, a person that has purpose, um, loves what they do, is kind to others, you're going to find your voice and you're going to be happy. It, it just, it takes a minute, it, money, fame, you know, I remember thinking if I played one day in the big leagues, I will be happy the rest of my life. I don't care whatever happens to me. And then on the second day of the big leagues, I just thought, oh my God, I have a game today. You know, like, so it, there's new stress and, and, uh, you know, everyone is going through tough times, tough things, you know, reexamining themselves. And, and I just think that, you know, the wisdom of living through your twenties and thirties and, and, you know, for athletes, some of us, it takes years to get over the depression of not playing anymore or admitting it to yourself and feeling like I didn't, I didn't play. I wasn't Willie Mays, you know, I mean, there's only one, you know, there's there. So just trust that if you just pursue things that are interesting and be curious, you will find those things. And I just believe that you'll come out the other side and really, really feel great about yourself. That was fantastically said. Billy, give us a URL where people can learn more about you, get their hands on your book and all that good stuff. Well, I have a book called Going the Other Way that I wrote a few years ago, but it's a simple website destination of Billy Bean, B-I-L-L-Y-B-E-A-N dot com. Simple as that. Got a book. You know, if they if you want, uh, I'm, I'm really good about getting back to people. And, and uh, but also through MLB at MLB.com, you can search me. Uh, Billy Bean. I'm not Billy Bean from Moneyball, but I'm I'm Billy Bean. We are uh, two good friends. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned uh, today with um, uh, Marcus Allen hosting the, the other panel. I thought that was cute. I was going to save that one for tomorrow, but uh, um, I'm easy to find. Uh, just someone at MLB will find uh, you uh, or find me, and um, you know you have a friend out there. And and uh, my book is uh, a, a, just a, a story about a kid who was trying to not let his parents down and uh, with a baseball backdrop. So it's uh, it's pretty relatable. It'd be a real honor if you made that consideration. Awesome. We will have everything Billy Bean, not 
Billy Bean, the other <laughs> Billy Bean, but everything this Billy Bean, uh, available at thedailyhelping.com in our show notes. Uh, Billy, this has been amazing. You are an inspiration. Thank you so much for coming on The Daily Helping. I loved our conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hope to see you again. Absolutely. And to each and every one of you who took time out of your day, I want to thank you as well. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 